We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. starts to come, Anderson can't beat the goalkeeper, Gary Smith follows up, it's 2-0 to Newcastle, his first goal for the club. It's your True Faith podcast, a very special podcast this week as we remember Gary Speed, MBE player, manager and father. Uh, first inductee into Newcastle United's new Hall of Fame, 276 appearances for the Magpies, 40 goals between 1998 and 2004, great servant for Leeds United with spells at Everton, Bolton Wanderers and Sheffield United as well. And the man who many credits with the rise of the modern Welsh men's national team and all of their success that they've had in recent years, whose tragic death 10 years ago rocked the football world. Wales fans, Newcastle fans, Leeds fans, all fans of the team that he represented uh, affected by the, this very sad news and, and even those who he didn't represent. Um, it's my pleasure to share the microphone with uh, Mark Corby and Di Reese uh, from the team at True Faith. Uh, Di also from the Coleman Had a Dream Welsh football podcast. My name is Emil Franchi. I'm quite young, so my memories of speed are, are limited, but I, I knew the name. He was one of my favourites uh, and one of the best players to ever pull on a black and white shirt in the modern era. Uh, so thanks for being here, lads. Uh, great to chat to you. I think it's, it's safe to say uh, there are a, a very few fans who, who have a bad word to say about speed in his career I, I certainly don't know any uh, people who have done that so um I, I would just like to start by asking you die you've written a brilliant article about gary on the true faith website that people can check out um what type of man was gary speed on and off the pitch that's a great question i think he was probably quite similar on the pitch as he was off the pitch in a lot of ways i think he was completely committed to everything they did. Um, I think he had a fantastic mentality when it came to football. I've read and seen so many things where his uh, desire to be at 100% is something that constantly drove him. He was always out last on the training pitch. And I think that attitude translated into what he wanted to be as a, as a football manager. I think he was always doing that. I think he was always... Um, wanted to demonstrate how important that hard work and commitment was. And I think ultimately that came across in, in what resulted from his performances both as a, as a footballer but I think as a, as a human being from a, a Wales fan and a Newcastle fan perspective to watch Newcastle every Saturday and see your hero play and then for to see him go and pull on the red of Wales every every time that Newcastle weren't playing was fantastic and I think his utter and absolute commitment to those things he, he made you proud to support the team you supported and I think that is a, a strong reflection on the man that he was. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, we don't have any representation from Bolton and Sheffield United, but, the, you know, from what I gather, the work that he did for them, the the commitment to the end, the the management that he did, um, like you said, that that 100% right to the to the bitter end of his playing career, uh, which saw him still have great success by the end of it. Um, Mark, you, you are the, the experts on, on anything Newcastle United prior to 2000, just showing your age there. But um, look... Um, Speed joined Newcastle late nineties, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, good times, you know, still very much happening for us. We were in between the the Keegan and Robson bookends, where uh, Speed enjoyed most of his. Uh, well, sorry, in the in the in the latter stages, Speed enjoyed most of his success. But um, was he an exciting signing at the time? Did he did he come with promise from the teams that he played for when he signed from Everton? I think I think at the time there was a, a bit of a transitional period for Newcastle. Um, you know, as you say there. We had lost Keegan. We had Daglish. Uh, Dag Daglish ripped apart the, uh, the 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 squad basically, and it wasn't working. And um, I think it was February '98 when he um, he signed Speed and and uh, a young fullback called Andy Griffin, and also Andreas Anderson came in from uh, I think it was AC Milan. So he was the rebuilding process. It took another another you know a route really. But Gary Speed was definitely the standout sign at that point um, because he was an, he had turned into a, a real attacking midfielder, sort of just off the front two at Everton. Um, but it, it was interesting because when he was young, he was in such a great lead side that got promoted, um, you know, in 1990, and then they won the league two years later. Very rare that happens. And, um, you know, he sort of fell out of favour and went to Everton, who apparently were, were his, uh, his schoolboy schoolboy team growing up but he, he fell out of favour at Everton I think there was a fallout with Howard Kendall and it was never revealed exactly what happened but Dag Leash uh, was aware of it and, and ended up getting him for 5.5 million at the time it was probably it probably seemed a little bit of a lot of money there um, at, at the time for Gary Speed but Dag Leash um, played him left wing and at that point he was a, you know he was clearly an attacking midfielder and uh, he got off for a slow start but you know, what once once uh, Daglish was gone, and then you know, in, in another year, passing Robson really got a hold of that team. That's when we're seeing the real Gary Speed. And uh, you know, you say about potential there, he, he certainly f fulfilled it, and, and then some. You know, he was he was a fantastic servant for Newcastle. Simple as that. Uh, what about you, Di? I mean, uh, like you said, there, your hero signing for Newcastle United. What were your feelings at the time? I'm just delighted, really. <laughs> I think it's not really like, you know, there's, it's not very often you get to have a, a national team player who plays for your, for your club as well, especially especially Newcastle. So, you know, I was I was delighted. I think you mentioned a couple of names there, Mark. I think he was definitely one of the better signings from from the Dalgleish era. But Bobby Robson was the person who got hold of him. I think he was someone who added something that the, perhaps the entertainers team didn't need, didn't have, sorry, we didn't have that necessarily kind of steely resolve, if you like, in midfield, like a box-to-box -box midfielder as well. And I think Gary Speed ticked both of those boxes when he eventually was moved uh, centrally, like, like, like Mark said. But I think he also offered something that Newcastle lack now and as often have is, is a goal scoring midfielder, someone who kind of always arrived late in the box, always seemed to turn up and, and you know, score some fantastic headed goals. I mean, if you want to, if you look back at some of his goals, I, I would say 90% of them were crunching headers or left foot volleys from the middle of nowhere. He just kind of arrived somewhere. And I think that was indicative of, of, of him, but also something that that team needed as well. Uh, Mark, uh, just a, a question that I've literally just thought of, to be honest. But um, as we're talking about Robson and, you know, Speed went on to be a manager, do you see 
much like you know many parallels between the two of them because I, I guess that Robson was kind of like the the manager who would you know put his arm around the the stars. Uh, he's credited with finding people like Ruud van Nistelrooy, um, the original Ronaldo, um, and and obviously speed with with Bale and and, and Aaron Ramsey and the Welsh team. Do, do, do you see many parallels? And do you, do you think that speed maybe took a bit of Robson's uh, you know attitude with him? Well, without a doubt. I mean, the, the man just. He demanded respect, and he didn't. He didn't ask for it. You know, he wasn't arrogant in any any format. But he demanded respect because of who he was, the career he had, the the managers he had played under, the players he played alongside. And you know, as we've touched on, he, he I don't think he had any fallouts in his football career. And when you when you speak to players now, and you hear you know you hear them talk, even through his career, it, it was obvious that he was a leader. He led by example, and that's what Bobby Robson was. You know, so it's it's easy to draw parallels with Bobby Robson, but when you look at Howard Wilkinson, you look at Howard Kendall, the, these won titles in the in the, the top flight of English football. Um, you know, so so it's it's interesting you say that, but hey, you, you, you and everyone would have took something away from Bobby Robson. Um, it goes without saying. But just quickly going back to um, what Dave said about the the ninety five ninety six entertainers period, um, I'd, it was only when I, I really thought long and hard about it today. When we signed David Batty, who obviously was part of that successful uh, championship winning side at, at Leeds, when we signed David Batty, I think Diggs nailed it. We needed, we lost to away a little bit. We stopped scoring goals as, as freely as what we had. We replaced Lee Clark with David Batty. Really, what we needed was that box of box midfielder, a Gary Speed, someone who could get into the box, unexpected, bullet headers, left foot drives, two footed, win a tackle, distribute the ball, pass and move. The more, more I think about it, the more I think Gary Speed would have been an ideal fit for that running. And David Batty turned into a good player for Newcastle. He had a fantastic career. But when I think about it now, Gary Speed was probably the same that we needed. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I would add to, to you know, your question before about the management as well. I think after, you know, when Speed was going to be appointed towards uh, the, the Wales job, the end of his time at Sheffield United, the amount of people who came forward and said what a great man manager he was uh, what a great person what a great people person he was and there's a really famous story that John Charles um John Charles John Hartson told um where he went for a trial at Leeds when uh Speed was was a younger player and he realized and heard that these two lads had come up on the train from from Wales and because they were Welsh Gary Speed made a beeline for them and, and wanted to say something to them, wanting to go over to them and make them feel welcome. And like for a teenager to do something like that, that's that's actually quite an amazing thing to do, to have that that desire, but that understanding of, I know how difficult this is for you. And I think when you kind of hear some of these stories and piece all these things together, it's not actually a surprise that he went on to be a, a good man manager in the sense that that aspect of his personality was always there, I think. And I think that's one of the reasons why people related to him. I think is why so many positive was, things were said when he obviously, unfortunately, passed, and and also why it, it was so natural a step for him to go into management. I think I think he could use all these things of his personality so so well, and it really really suited him. I think um, what one point, point as well is uh, obviously we do the podcast with Keith Gillespie. He thought it was a great story when he was at Sheffield United. He had fell out with uh, Kevin Blackwell, and. Um, there was a, there was a huge disagreement that they went uh, they went to each other in the in the, the dressing room after after a Sheffield United game, and Gillespie wouldn't back down, uh, Blackwell wouldn't wouldn't back down, and he said that the only person who could shut them up was Gary Speed. He says, and when Gary Speed lost his temper, people sat up and listened, um, and he ended up defusing the situation, 
It, you know, and that's what I was saying before. He, he, he commanded a dressing room. He was a leader. And, you know, for, for you to overrule your manager, that's that says a lot about the man. So, yeah, certainly. I, th I think he was he was set up to manage. Simple as that. Uh, great points uh, by you both there. Um, always good to have a, a few memories that, that I can't recall, but I, I guess we'll uh, we'll dive into some of the highlights from Speed's career at Newcastle. Um, I probably remember a little bit more from TV, Champions League, things like that. But um, you know, Dias, it was it was much a, a huge privilege for you to have your your Welsh hero there in black and white. You you must have had some uh, particular big moments that, that you can recall best. Yeah, I think there's there's two things that kind of stand out for me. Like I mentioned earlier, the goals he scored. He scored this absolute howitzer against Bradford, I think it was, where it looks like no one else could really score. The ball just drops through on the edge of the area. He just absolutely lashes it, loops over the keeper. I mean, I feel like Loops is doing it a disservice. It flew over the keeper, hit the crossbar and, and bounced into the ground and went in. It was just... An absolutely staggering goal. And uh, I think he was capable of that. I think my other memory of him is uh, in a whale shirt the night that we beat Italy in 2003. You know, to, to be at the stage I was in my football going career where you start to go fairly regularly with your pals and, you know, a day on the beers is never a bad thing, especially when the Italians come to town and having great memories of this day. Obviously, we would go on to beat them 2-1. But Gary Speed played left back that day. We had quite a settled midfield and... Hughes' logic was we can't drop Gary Speed, but we, you know, we we need him in the team. We don't want to disrupt our midfield either. So he just dropped back to left back. I, mean, I just can't imagine. Imagine we said to John Joe Shelby, you're playing left back tomorrow. You'd have a tantrum. So the fact that not only did he accept that so well, but go on to do a fantastic job in that team. I mean, that was a fantastic team of that era anyway, but to drop into left back play so, so well, you know, curb people like Del Piero, Wales go on to win that game 2-1. He was, he was, he was part of um, an attacking goal that got disallowed at the right at the death when it should have been 3-1. But he, those memories, seeing that live in that stadium that night and knowing that not only is he representing my country, but he's representing my club at the same time was just magic for me. I'll, I'll never, ever forget that night. And, and and just to, to quickly stick with you there, Di, I mean, like we've talked about the, the man, but can you can you kind of describe his playing style? You've, you've touched on it a little bit there, but just just for anyone who's maybe listening, didn't really know the type of player that Speed was. He was that special kind of midfielder that could, in my opinion, just from seeing the, the little snippets that I did when I was younger, he, he just filled any any role that you would want. And it was always there. Um, I remember, you know, he, it, was, it was he scored the opener against Sheffield Wednesday in that 8-0 demolition, um, or at least got one of the goals. Uh, it just seemed so effortless for him, in my opinion. But I, I don't know what, what you think. I think it's kind of hard to kind of... I, I wanted to give you a one-word answer there to make myself seem concise for a change. But <laughs> I, I think it's, it's difficult because... He was combative. I think he was someone who was never afraid of a challenge. He was absolutely brave. He would put his head anywhere that you didn't want it to go. Um, and I think that's such a, a great quality. I think his leadership qualities were something that kind of, I don't want to say underrated, but, you know, especially after the story that Mark just said there. But I don't think he was a shouter and a rant and a raver on the pitch, but he, he led by his, his actions. I think it was his timing, I think, is the one thing that I keep coming back to with him. He always seemed to time a tackle well. He always seemed to time a, a leap for a head well. He always seemed to arrive in the box at a good point. And I think that's a really rare skill. I think, it's, you know, you can be quick and you can take people on and you can, you know, you can have a, a step over. But to have that kind of 
football um, intelligence, that football brain, the football awareness that he had, I think was a really special thing. And I think when you combine that with all of those other things, especially the hard work in ethic that he had, I think that made him into a rare player. I mean, the fact that Craig Bellamy liked him, I think, says everything you need to know, really. I think famous stories of Bellamy just chewing people out in training sessions for not giving a hundred percent. And, you know, other people were telling him to calm down and Gary Speed would kind of start, stand behind quietly nodding his, his agreement that he wasn't happy with how it's being done. I think having that sort of um, attitude and outlook on football, I think is, is something that when you combine all of those things made him super special. I appreciate that. Uh, that is not the one word concise answer I was going for, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I think in, in a, in a footballing sense, it was his timing is, is the big thing that always stood out to me. I think, yeah, I'm rambling now. I'll stop it. He, he was just, he was just a wonderful player in that sense. And I think he's something that that's the sort of player that Newcastle will sorely, sorely miss these days as well. Yeah. I, th- I think when you can say that much about a player, um, it, it normally helps. But what, what you're trying to say is we need more Welshmen at Newcastle because it was it was far better when we had the likes of Speed and Bellamy playing for us, wasn't it? Um, Mark, um, we'll, we'll get into some of your favourite memories, but I just wanted to lead on from what Di was saying there. And basically, you know, um, what type of player did you see in Gary Speed? You know, is there is there anyone who you, you would say is he similar to now or do you think he's one of a kind? <sighs> I definitely think he's one of a kind. I mean, you know, we've been blessed in some ways of some fantastic midfielders since Speed left. You know, Johan Kabai is probably the best midfielder we've had since that I can I can really think of. So, so or in flashes. Um, but but Speed was more versatile. There was more about his game. Kabai could go missing in games. Speed never went missing. If he made a mistake, he, w- he wouldn't bottle it. He would go back and try again. Um I think that if I could summarize, I know it's impossible as, as I tried, it's impossible. Professional, he was the utmost professional. And he, as I said before, he led by example. Um, you know, and it, believe it or not, he actually played left back a couple of times for Newcastle in a bit of a crisis in his early days, you know. Um, and that, that, that sums him up. He would, he would slot into positions. He, he played left midfield, as I, as I said before. He, as, as the likes of Solano and Dyer and Jermaine Genius came in, he, he didn't bomb on as much as he used to, but he still did the majority of their graft. And he just he just got on with it. You know, he, he got on with his job. I said but I said before about Batty, he probably wasn't as good at tackling as David Batty, but he was a better passer than Batty. He was a better overall player and he would score more goals. He probably didn't get in the box as much as Robert Lee and didn't score as many goals as Robert Lee, but he could still score goals. He probably didn't have a left foot as, as hard as Lauren Robert. But Christ, he had a fantastic left foot. He probably, in fact, no. The only player I would say was better than him in the air was Duncan Ferguson. And I would even say he's up there with Alan Shearer in the air. Perhaps even better because he could leap like a salmon. He had he had everything. And, you know, he, he makes my all-time 11 without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt because he was the complete midfielder. And you only miss that type of player when you've lost them. And he was sold... Without Robson's consent, he didn't want to sell him. He didn't want to sell John from Woodgate. We've got Nicky Butt, who was a great player in a fantastic football side. Gary Speed was a fantastic footballer in poor sides. And there's a huge difference. And I was also going to say that Gary Speed, he's one of those players, in my opinion, he, he suited black and white. Like it just, he looked right in that kit. Um, and he got to play in some of our best. I mean, I've, I've got the, the NTL... Uh, thick straight one there that that we had at one point, and he he also got to play. In. I mean, he just he just suited the club colours, and and that is 
when all you can see is that player in those colours. I mean, I'm not young enough to remember him at Leeds or, or, or Everton, but I remember when he was at Bolton and I was like, nah, it just look, doesn't look right. It was like when you saw Rob Lee and Warren Barton playing for Derby County. I was like, nah, it's just it's something not quite right about that look. So yeah, speed, you know, black and white through and through, but uh, peel it back and you, you've, you've got red under there, of course. But um, Mark, just quickly on, on some of the highlights, um, speed is is amongst some of those greatest moments for Newcastle. I mentioned the 8-0 there, but um, there's, there's probably a few more that you've got in mind. I think the the, the, the whole transitional period under Bobby Robson, it just, it, it really suited Gary's speed. Um, he he, he revolutionised the dressing room and all of these players started playing with freedom. Alan Shearer said it. Gary Speed was a, it was a, he, he started scoring goals for fun. I think he was our second top scorer that season. And the thing the things I remember, um, I don't think it was the same season that of that Bradford game, but he scored he scored similar goals. I think the last game of the season he scored two against Arsenal. Um, he scored something like six goals in the last eight games of that season. He scored a bullet header against Tottenham, which kept winning the FA Cup and we end up reaching the um, the semi finals that season. But the, the stand the standout moment for me was probably the um, UEFA Cup quarter-final against, I think it was yeah, PSV at home. He scored the winner. And the, the thing I remember most about it is because we went 1-0 down, Shearer pulled were back, and it was a, a typical Gary Speed goal. And when I say typical, as Dottie said before, cross come in the box, he arrived late at the back post, bullet header, and then he caught the ball. And he, he hardly celebrated, but he, he went to the players as if to say, We've done it again. This is routine Newcastle United. Stick, stick it on my head and I'll score a goal. And that that, that got me through the next next stage. You know, granted we fell short against Marseille and Didier Drogba, but, you know, it's memories like that. And, you know, also Dynamo Kiev, um, the season before in the um, Champions League, the, the first group stages, we were as good as out. We beat Juventus. And then that, he scored he scored the, the equaliser, I think it was, against uh, Kiev at home, which... You know, kick we're on again when they're going through the next stage. There's, there's so many. Um, he's left foot strikes as these that Bradford that Bradford goal. It's almost forgotten because that's a pretty much a forgotten season. But go and watch the review, listeners. <laughs> watch that goal against Bradford. It's an absolute corker, and it's that probably is his best for the, for the club. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say about the PSV thing as well. That I, I love the celebration of that, as the ball kind of sprung out of the net. He caught it and ran to the fans. I think he kind of like almost punched the ball into the crowd. Then afterwards, like look, like you say, looking around as if to say, like this is what we do. Like this is what this is what we're here for. This is what this team is about now. Um, and I just love that. That celebration was so cool. I was just going to have one more thing about the kits as well. You know, Newcastle had some decent kits back in the day. Wales have had some absolutely horrific kits. If you uh, if you if you've got if you've got a, f- a funny five minutes to spare, I would suggest googling some Wales kits of the nineties and the early two thousands. But um, we had one the Kappa shirt that was like this horrible, slightly pale red colour, and it was glued on you. And John Hartson, God bless him, looked. He probably needed a triple XL, and it still looked tight on him. Gary Speed looked like an Adonis every time you put that. He was the only kit. He's the only person that kit suited. I think. Yeah, couple couple of the tight shirt, and I know from many of the Italian ones where if you if you stretched it enough, it could probably fill the entire room, and it wouldn't wouldn't rip or anything. Um, yeah, some great memories there, and you know, I mean, scoring in the the fire nerd game as well, uh, one that many people will remember. But another Welshman sadly stole the show later on in that game. Uh, but we uh, we go a bit off topic with that one. For uh, listeners of the free podcast, going to take a, a short break here now with some adverts. I'm sorry to throw in some horrible American adverts into. 
this lovely little trip down memory lane with their Gary Speed. But uh, we'll be back for part two in a moment. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now at the Gallagher's end. Oh, good header! Super header from Gary Speed! The old stages are coming up trumps for Newcastle United. Welcome back to the Gary Speed special podcast. We are marking 10 years since his uh, untimely passing uh, and just remembering how great a player and manager he was. And uh, to, to go on to the, uh, the the second bit there about him being a manager away from Newcastle, he did have uh, some great management spells and eventually took over the Welsh management role in, in 2010. So, um, you know, the, the, the good dreams keep coming here don't they die for you absolutely absolutely well I, I say that he actually got off to quite a rocky start I think he lost his first three in charge um but I think it was the recognition from all involved that we were changing direction here uh, we'd gone through a spell with John Toshak who kind of gets pilloried a little bit in his second spell but he did some great stuff for Welsh football he, he blooded a lot of young players you've got people like you know Chris Gunter getting 100 caps now I mean I, I don't think Chris Gunter's played 100 games for his club over the last 10 years yeah he's he's played 100 times for Wales Wayne Hennessy you know we've had people involved in in Welsh football who aren't of the highest quality but because they know how the system works they know how everything works it works for them and Gary Speed harnessed I think that power that that um platform that was laid down for him he made Aaron Ramsey the captain hopefully he will look good in black and white soon if uh if our new owners want to dig dig into those pockets but um it looks all right at Juventus to be fair so I mean we've got a good good indication of how it looks (laughs) um yeah absolutely And, and I think you know making those sorts of decisions it did everything to move the football a step forward as well because we were relatively attacking actually under John Toshak but he wanted us to be more front foot, quicker turnover of the ball, quicker movement of the ball, trying to catch teams on the break because we often had to defend a little bit deeper due to the, you know, the quality or lack of in the team. And that was something that was really important. He wanted to try and play football again. He wanted us to be on the front foot. But the biggest thing was everything off the pitch. I think people had tried and tried and tried. Mark Hughes got close to kind of turning the mentality of the FAW where 
we want professionalism off the pitch. It's all well and good, you know, having the Millennium Stadium and all this stuff, but it needs to mean something when we train. And he managed to convince the FAW when everyone else had failed um, about recovery and diet and um, psychology and where the players stayed before the game and 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 all of these different aspects that were so, so important. Um, and again, we've talked about his personality and how he was. That force of personality made a difference. There's a famous story. I, I've chatted to the guy who kind of organises all the hotels and everything for the FAW when they go, um, the head of the international department. And he told me this story that three days before uh, a big game, Gary Speed decided that he didn't want the, the players to be comfortable they wanted to earn their privilege and he felt that they weren't doing enough in training. So having set all of this stuff up, they changed hotels three days before the game and they were just like, this is going to be a nightmare. This is going to cost a fortune, all of this other stuff. But he said, trust me, just trust me. And they changed hotels and they went on to win the game. And those little things which seemed so small had a big impact. I think the biggest thing that he did was bring a, a big sense of pride and togetherness back into Welsh football that, that had been sorely, sorely lacking. Um, he made all the players learn the Welsh National Anthem and everyone had to sing it uh, on match day. They used to have people come in and give them singing lessons, which as an aside, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall uh, as, as a group of footballers learn to sing the Welsh National Anthem. Um, but those sort of things make a big, big difference to the fans. And I think when you've got those on side, then again, you know, the impact that that had is massive. And the last thing I'll say is he committed himself to going across Wales. It's easy to say, yeah, we want the fans to come out and support us, but he would go to Blyner Fastinyog and, and go and uh, chat to people there and talk about local football and how's your team getting on and what can we do to, to help boost your team um, in your town or your village? And no one had ever done that before. And all of a sudden, people don't just believe in Welsh football. They believe in Gary Speed. They believe in the manager. They believe in the process. And all of those things combined made such big strides. And after a bad start, not only did we start to win games, but we started winning games well, you know, convincingly. And it, and it just really started the ball rolling in the, in the right direction, which obviously was re-harnessed then um, by Chris Coleman afterwards. But... It's, it's impossible to to understate, I think, the importance of Gary Speed to Welsh football, not just where we've ended up now in terms of the Euros and qualifying for the you know, the World Cup qualifiers, sorry, but everything around it, the the red wall, the together stronger, the, the anthem, which is now a huge part of going to Welsh football and the noise and the, and the sound of it is just, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, but that is something that he brought to Welsh football, something bigger than just what happened on the pitch. I guess I guess it's similar to what's happening with England at the moment. You know, we're seeing a real culture built there. Gareth Southgate having the 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 ingredients that you need to be an international manager, which is basically not not so much management, but it's it's almost like a morale booster and, and someone who can really build that team up. Um, Mark, just a quick question because I, I know you had a point, but could you have seen? I mean, outside looking in with this, not being a Wales fan, but. Could you have seen Speed going on to, to manage Newcastle one day, perhaps? Do you think he would have been one of those managers that, that we would have had? That was going to be my point because... I can read your mind. <laughs> what what I see in there in regards to the National Anthem and basically having pride in representing your country, that's Bobby Robson's influence all over because Newcastle had lost their way, the dressing room was lost, the connection between the fan base and uh, the management, the, 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 the well, Shepard, except the halls, it was, it was gone. 
Robson reinstilled that, and it's no surprise here on that. It's new to me that that's no surprise because Robson made it clear to all that the, the, the whole squad you're representing these people, these go out to work, these graft, you use, use, use are making their lives here, and that is definitely something which I think he's took away from uh, from Bobby Robson. But to go back to your point, you've got to remember when uh, when when Speed was appointed manager of Sheffield United, I think it was early on in the 2010-11 season. So for me, that was a horrible time sport in Newcastle. We had the the fallout with uh, Ashley Keegan, followed by Shearer getting shafted by Mike Ashley, followed by Chris Hooten being given the, the caretaker job. Let's be honest at the time, the club needed a lift. Gary Speed would have automatically given the given the, the, the club a lift, despite not having that experience because of who he was, because he was a leader, because we'd seen him play for Newcastle United. That would have given the whole club a lift, I, I believe. Um, let's be let's be honest. If he was still managing now, then no. But if if there was something, what, what I mean by that is the way Newcastle now is set up. It's set up for the likes of Shearer, Shearer, Robert Lee. Gary Speed. It's set up for these players, ex-players, to be a part of the new chapter of Newcastle United. Whatever whatever format that is, is it, is it manager? Is it, is it a coach, assistant manager, a trainer? Is it an ambassador? It doesn't really matter. I think Speed would have had a part to play in this chapter of Newcastle United. Um, definitely managing material, and I think a lot of fans would have loved to have seen him manage Newcastle United. As I said before, 2010 would have been perfect in my eyes. And uh, you, n- you never know what might have happened. You, you got any thoughts on that, Di? I mean, uh, again, it would have been a, another box ticked for you to have, to have Gary Speed as manager. Just he keeps getting better, doesn't it? But yeah, do you think that this, this when he when he took over in, in the Wales management, was that the start of something special? Could he have gone on to become a, a great club manager again if he'd left Wales at some point? It's an interesting one, that. I think I would love to say yes, because I know that's the answer that is, that's the correct answer. You know, like I say, he didn't get off to a great start with Wales. I wouldn't say Sheffield United fans were devastated when he left Sheffield United uh, to go to the Wales job either. Um, I think he would have been someone, ironically, in that season you're talking about there, um, Mark, around that time when we needed someone to come and kind of harness that positivity, if you like. But I don't think his stock was particularly high then. I think it was only would have been further down the line. And which point you never know. Obviously, I would have loved that. I think he is definitely the kind of person we would have had and, and should have had involved in the club at the moment um, with everything that's gone on with it. Obviously, uh, you know, a lovely touch making Gary the first inductee into the Newcastle United Hall of Fame, which is which is nice. I think he is someone who, to completely cop out of giving you a gen- genuine answer, is someone who I think would have brought something to the club in some way. I, I'm not. I'm not really sure he would have worked out for him as a manager. I'm not sure I could have dealt with that actually, to be perfectly honest, on a personal level. But I think he's just someone who he he gets it. And like we always talk about that with Newcastle, we want someone who gets it. He's someone who gets it. So I think it would have been great for him to have been given that opportunity. Yeah. Well, he's he's. Um... Left as a legend now, and, and I think yeah, like I have to agree. When we saw the the uh, Hall of Fame being started, the first one in there, Gary Speed. I think it was weird with that one because it it did just catch me out a little bit seeing that because you know Speed isn't the he's not a Geordie. Um, he's he's at heart, of course, but um, not a Geordie. He's not going to be like yeah, yeah, right. Get Shearer in there. It it was like okay, we're going to make this Gary Speed, and I just I was like little touches like that probably show the measure 
of the man there. And um, yeah, great, great that the club have done that. Uh, now, a warning uh, to anybody listening. Uh, th- this bit's going to be the hardest part, I'm afraid. We've reached that point. Um, I think we're all braced, but um, time was cut short as the Wales manager, as we know. Um, and Mark, I-, I know it's not an easy one to answer for any of us, but... Um, we learned of Gary Speed's untimely death in, in November 2011, 10 years ago this weekend. Um, I believe it was a Sunday. Um, and yeah, do you want to just chat to us about that day and your, your feelings? Do you remember it? Yeah, I mean, I'm filling up now. It, it's just, yeah. it's just tragic. It still, it still is. It's, it's such a, I don't know. It, it's a wake up call to like mental health, isn't it? It's, it's a wake up call that you just don't know who's suffering and we probably still don't know how, how to what extent the man did suffer and I remember it unfortunately I remember it very well um I was at a party the night before and the next day I got a phone call off the, the lad whose party was and he he basically just said have you heard about Gary Speed now and, and the first thing I thought of was he's been sacked <laughs> or or something like that and it was just oh he's 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 died it's like Gary Speed he, he, he can't be dead and the last thing what goes through your head is the circumstances in which how we did die. And it was only when it started getting uh, revealed over the course of the, the coming hours. It was just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weak question in a way, but you do think, why? How? What's he done? You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a, a male mentality. Um, and... I suppose for a long, long time, people were looking for answers which simply weren't there. And I suppose that's the hardest part is we just don't know what triggered it. And for for a week or two, um, it was one of those things where I didn't want to watch anything about it. I didn't want to watch um, television and people getting upset because it was upsetting me. And I remember being in the gym one time on the treadmill and it was just the news. I thought, you can't escape it. This is huge news. And the respect and the grief that was coming his way just, for me, just summarised the amount of love that the whole football community had for the man. Um, I can't believe it's 10 years. I really, really can't believe it's 10 years. The same guy who's 30th, it was, is now going to be celebrating the 40th. We will be celebrating. Um, And it's just, it's strange how I'll always remember his birthday because of Gary Speed, but... Absolutely tragic. Um, there's nothing I can say, you know, to make anyone anyone feel better on how everyone's got their own feelings. Um, a lot of people question why. When you see the likes of Shearer, Shea Given, Rob Lee, Warren Barton, it talkings and things like that, and they can't even describe it. And they were his best mates. You know, it, it's it's impossible. Um, it was just a, a tragic day for football, and. You know, I just hope in, in some way that his family have found some sort of, not closure, but just some sort of acknowledgement to, to what's happened and, and why it happened. Um, but God bless his soul. Yeah, my, you know, my day was kind of similar to yours, actually. I got a phone call off someone on the Sunday morning. I remember I was just got to Tesco's to do my Sunday big shop and I got a phone call off. My mate said, oh, have you heard about Gary Speed? The same as you. I was just like, "Is he what's he been sacked for? Uh and then I told the story. And I just remember, kind of sitting back in, in my in my chair in my car, and I just completely 
dumbfounded really. And then, you know, I always used to kind of belittle people is that is a bit harsh, but you know, always find it a bit weird when people were devastated or sad or whatever, when famous people had died. Um, and then this is the first time that kind of happened to me where it, where it meant something to me. And I, and it, it, I felt like he was my mate and I know that's ridiculous. Um, but it, that's how it felt. And he was doing so much for the football side of things. And I know that's not the important thing in the reality of the situation, but you know, in the same way that Newcastle means so much to us, Welsh football means so much to so many people as well. And when you combine the emotion that you feel with that and, and everything that goes with it, it was just, it's just such a bizarre feeling. I, I can't, I can't really explain it. And, you know, the outpouring of emotion from everyone involved was, I mean, it was, it was just so hard to see and, 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 you know, go and speak to your pals about it. And it was just, just confusion, I, I think. And, you know, like you say, the worst part of it is for, for him and his wife and his kids, like the amount of suffering that's gone on there. And it's just, it's just horrible really. And it doesn't deserve to happen to anyone. It's just an absolutely devastating situation. And I just, like you said, Mark, I hope that his, his family have kind of shown some strength, uh, you know, to come through that. I, I heard that um, Gary Speed's dad got offered to go out to the Euros in 2016 and he said, you know, this is as a thank you sort of thing from the FAW for what your son's done. He just said, I just, I'm just not there yet. I just can't do it. And, you know, hearing that story, I'm filling up now, is, 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 is even more heartbreaking because we've achieved everything that he wanted to achieve. That, that dream was realized that he started and, and he's not around to see it. And, you know, again, I know football's not the most important thing, but, to try and rationalize it. I think everyone hung on to that. There was a big campaign of, you know, Rio for Speedo for the next, for the next World Cup when it happened. And for his dad to feel that way after all was, it's just, it's just heartbreaking hearing all these things, you know? Um, so yeah, it's just, just so, so tragic and just a terrible day. And like you say, I hope his family and, and friends have found some kind of closure and explanation to it all. Cause it's just absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Th thanks guys. Um, Love that uh, as hard as it is, I appreciate it. Um, it's a weird one, you know, because because for me, I was probably more aware of of the situation at that point. It was my first year of uni, um, living in Castle Eases, um, so you know, just away from St James's, not too far. My first year with a, a season ticket, we decided to buy one because they dropped the prices and I had a student loan and what else are you going to spend it on? Things like bills, come on. Um, and, and away we went. But but yeah, it was, I think it was, yeah, the day I was getting ready for a party. I was I was testing out, <laughs> testing out a Che Guevara uh, fancy dress outfit. And I, I remember that sitting down in my chair, had my laptop open because the news was on there. And um, I, th I think I just got alerted to it on on facebook or twitter and it was like have you seen this this is this is bad um time time stopped uh, as it does um sometimes with uh you know that that feeling if if a family member's passed you 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 almost feel slightly empty and and it's interesting you say that you felt you knew him there die because it, it was it was it was that feeling that one of those invincibles of your life are constant there in black and white like i said those those players they, they don't die you know you can't die you you will when you're old um not not this early not when you've got all of this to go um because because that was the other thing I, I agree football's not the most important thing but I was aware of him being Wales manager I was I was quite proud of that I was thinking yeah great Newcastle manager in an international job here and seems to be doing the right thing um 
and yeah, I think that was my first experience of, you know, apart from Robson, who sadly was was old and 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 sadly lost his battle with cancer. But this was like we could have stopped this. We could have we could have done something about this. What why 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 is why has no one done anything about this? And um, yeah, I just that Sunday Swansea Villa, um, Shea giving in goal, wiping his tears away with with a towel. I was like, again. Footballers don't cry. What are you doing? You're on, you're on team. Pull yourself together, man. And and it's like just again weird. And I mean, the one that sticks with me, the the, the biggest thing that sticks with me is um, Brynlaw from from Sky Sports News, not encouraging anyone to go and watch it because it, it's not it's not fair to watch it and and you know point this as something to go and view. But it it was probably the most emotional I felt about it because he was giving his interview on Sky Sports News and fair play to him. He was stood outside of Elland Road to chat about it. And he, he just took viewers through one of his, his normal chats with, with Gary Speed because he, he was his friend. And um, he said that Gary Speed had been watching him on uh, on Soccer Saturday, wherever he was. Um, and his text to him was the same every single time, saying that the, the first snow of the year has been spotted at whichever stadium he was at because uh, Brynlaw's got white hair. And then, you know, his, his next text back was the next day saying, you know, there's a sick rumor going round. Can you can you call me? And then um as he points out, the, the, the call never came and he, he breaks down on TV and I was just like this this is this is too much. This this is this is a lot. And um yeah, very, very dark day. Mark, um I believe you had more. Yeah, just you made a good point about Bobby Robson there. I remember um we played we went to watch an England sort of uh reunion with the, the Germany uh, 1990 team at St James's, and he was wheeled out, and a lot of people were were emotion emotional. Uh, you know, I, I had tears in my eyes. It was you were wave, you were waving goodbye to someone in Bobby Robson. Uh, you knew he didn't have long. Obviously, we've had Czech Tiori and, and Pav over recent years as well. Those those were shocks, but we're speeding the circumstances. Sorry, guys. Um, it's just the circumstances, you know. Um, just. As you see, there's just wish there was something you could do with things like that. Sorry, guys. No, no need to apologise. It's, it's it's just a horrible, a horrible thing to kind of go back and think about, and everything that goes with it is is just awful. And I think from 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 my side, I remember when Chris Coleman then got the Wales job, and he did an interview, and they were, you know, they asked him, "How do you feel?" And he said his response was, "No, no one wants to be here today." And I think you know when you thought I, you know when I thought, sorry, I'd started to kind of make myself feel a bit better about it all. It's just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, no one does want to be here today. And the game, the Costa Rica game, because Gary Speed made his debut against Costa Rica, so there's a Gary Speed Memorial game. Um, that was, I, I, I've, I will never go to another football match like that. It was. It was, it was just weird. There was no atmosphere. There was no nothing. And the thing that got me was his two sons came out with a team for the national anthem, and the strength of character to do that. And there's stories that I'm, I'm sure everyone has heard about um, his oldest son asking if he can speak to the players before the game in the dressing room and just saying like, "Go out and do my dad proud today." And not not a not a not a tear in his eye or not a crack in him to be able to go out and have the the ability, I guess, to do that is is one thing, but especially when you're a kid of that age. And I know, you know, just we, you know, to try and turn this onto a more positive spin. 
Gary Speed's attitude and um, strength of personality is something that very clearly had been passed to his boys in that moment because I was crying in the ground. And this is his dad. This is their dad. And the, and they just stood out. I've, I've never seen anything like it. It was just uh, it was an unbelievable show of strength and an unbelievable show of character. And his, his oldest son went out and played football in America for a bit as well. Like obviously, you know, didn't quite have the have the levels his dad did, but just desperate to kind of continue that footballing dream. And that's, you know, that that is his legacy. If if you look at it, what what's happened next for Wales, what his son tried to achieve and and those stories and those moments and these these conversations, you know, it's it's hard it's heartbreaking but I think I think it's important as well because it's important that his legacy lives on what happened to him lives on because you know we we need to make sure that it doesn't happen to other people as well and I think that's that's so so important if if, if this has happened to him in vain then then it's it, it, it's pointless it it needs it needs to have a positive spin to it we've, we've got to find a way to be positive about it and I think you know all these great memories and great conversations are, are a big part of that yeah um cheers guys um once again um it, it is it's so important and i should you know i should probably add at this point uh, best thing to do please do check on your mates you never know what's going on because we didn't know with gary um until it was too late so yeah um oh i'm going as well lads should we just all have a, a, a tissue up together after this um <laughs> you know it's um it's important. I'm I'm really pleased to hear that about you know his sons as well. That that legacy leaves behind, and um, you know, no, no, I don't think I realised it at the time, but I think while I was watching Euro 2016, when when we saw Wales uh, somehow beat Belgium against the odds, I, I think there was probably a you know Newcastle fan everywhere was was happy, and maybe they didn't know why. Maybe they didn't realise why they were were so happy for this team that. You know, on any other occasion, that that hates because who wants Wales to win? I, I was sat there loving it because you knew he'd started that he'd started that movement for the likes of Gareth Bale to become world class and 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 do that kind of thing on the on the world stage and Ramsey and uh, Joe Ledley and, and and everybody else who who came with that that wonderful summer that we remember when when England let us all down. Um, but yeah, it was um, yeah. I mean. Look, we'll 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 wrap up now because I don't think uh, any of us can could keep going too long. Um, but Mark, can you? I don't know. Can you can you sum up Gary Speed? We've we've been over it, but could you could you just sum up the the player, the man, the manager, the the whole package? Everyone loved him, and not many not many footballers you can say that about. Not many at all. Um, the footballer, he was an incredible footballer, somewhat forgotten in ways. Um, you know when when you when you you think back to the the glory days of Bobby Robson in Champions League. Um, his his death was just so untimely and such a shock, still a shock, and it's just it's still tragic. And I think you made a good point, Emil. We should be looking after each other. What we're, we're all doing ways, but we should be doing that extra yard. And there's a saying that don't just ask your friend once, ask them twice, ask them three times. And um, you know, as you said before. Um, die regarding uh, Coleman that no one wanted to, no one wanted to be there. We don't want to be here talking about Gary Speed, but the fact that we are ten years later and we're still remembering him in such such a nice way because he was a fantastic servant for all these football clubs. He played for some huge football clubs, represented his country. I think it was eighty five times or something like that. Managed his country, 
he almost did it all. He almost did it all. And uh, as I said before, he he makes my all-time Newcastle United 11. I've been going 35, 36 years now. And, you know, he's we've seen some quality, but he was one of the best. Yeah, I was I was just about to say there, when you say everyone loved him, I don't think there's many players on a on a match day can turn St. James's Park into a, a full uh, voice choir. Because I remember I was there, it was a Swansea game, I think. I think it was Swansea. The entire stadium singing "Bread of Heaven." It just you know that's a football match, and it, it became it became a religious experience. But um, yeah, Di, I, I presume you you've got perfect words just to to round us off here. I think he was just. Uh, I think the word I would use to describe as a footballer is is almost underrated. To be honest, I think I think he could have he couldn't he could have played for a Man United team and and, and been an integral part of that. You mentioned Nicky Butt earlier, and Gary Speed was ten times the footballer that Nicky Butt was. Uh, I think he could have, you know. He, he he could have done even more than he did achieve, and that's that's not to belittle his achievement. I think the thing for me is Chris Coleman's words after you mentioned the Belgium game. There was don't be afraid to have dreams, and I think that filled me up every time I I heard it. And when you said the Belgium game there, that was the first thing that came into my head because that summer in 2016 was the best was the best five weeks I saw in my life it was it was unbelievable and gary speed gave that to me he gave me um, he gave me those those memories he's those moments and the first thing that when coleman said that the first thing that made me think of was gary speed because he did make me dream again you know he 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 <laughs> he he took something that I thought would never happen, and he and he pushed that ball down the hill, and and, and it, we actually got where we we never thought we would, and then we kept going and kept going and kept going. And that whole thing of uh, it's important to have dreams always reminds me of Gary Speed because he did, and you know it's just heartbreaking that he couldn't realise that dream, but it's it's fantastic for Welsh football that we that we did realise that dream, and uh, he's someone I'll be forever forever grateful for. Thank you. Uh, and, and Mark has just reminded me. I mean, you know, reviews don't come much better than this, but when Roy Keane is saying that Gary Speed is one of your toughest opponents, you, you take that, don't you? Um, gents, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Di, for your expertise on on Wales and everything else. I'm, I'm so glad that you got that dream. And uh, Mark, we've we've obviously, all three of us have got the, the happy memories in, in various eras of supporting Newcastle United. We mentioned legacy. Um, and and I thank you for this. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to play it and it, it might set you off again, but you featured this on your brilliant article. I thought it was only right that we um, we finish off with a, a, a sung tribute. Uh, and this was from uh, year after the Euros, I believe, where um, Wales were taking on the Republic of Ireland. Um, we mentioned about the Welsh players learning the anthem. You want to see just how much the fans learnt it. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. Gary Speed, always in our hearts.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.